God, when everything feels like it is changing, you remain. You are the only one truly worthy of all of our praises. We invite your spirit. It is here. Speak so that eyes can see, ears can hear, hands and feet do, minds and hearts be transformed through the body, the blood, the resurrection of Jesus. God, you are here. You are in control. We give you thanks for your love. We thank you that you are a God who is generous and gives in abundance. And so in moments where it feels scarce, Remind us that you are here. We give you glory and honor and praise. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Good morning, church. My name is Peng. It is my joy and honor to be here with you all. Um, I would like to first start off by thanking Greg, Pastor Greg, Bamfua, my husband Kong, the entire ministry team and the River Life Church for sharing the pulpit with me today. You have fulfilled a lifelong dream of mine. Three years ago, River Life Church went through emotionally healthy spirituality. At the time, I had just graduated from seminary studying marriage and family therapy. So you can imagine I felt pretty confident about my emotional and spiritual health. But boy, was I wrong. Because immediately in the very first chapter, Pete and Jerry writes, it is not possible to be spiritually mature while remaining emotionally immature. You see, the little secret I kept away was the ruptured relationship I had with my mom. And my mom and dad is, they're both here today. And I asked my mom for permission to share this story. Like many children, I wanted my parents to be proud of me and as a child, I observed how my mom adored my older brother, as many Hmong parents do. But I have always interpreted that to mean that she wasn't proud of me. I made an assumption that generated envy and created pain. And as a result, I distanced myself from my mom and consequently my dad too. Shortly after emotionally healthy spirituality, the spirit nudged and tugged on me to reach out to my mom. One evening, we sat down at the dining table and I asked her for the first time, Mom, Gopo, 
Mom, are you proud of me? With tears in both of our eyes, she assured and affirmed me as her daughter that she was very proud of me. For both of us, our dialogue required vulnerability and humility. Today, my mom and I are still growing in our relationship. And honestly, it has been a slow and sacred process. And to that, I give God glory. How about you? When have your assumptions and misunderstandings led to confusion and pain? What kind of observations and interpretations have you made along the way with family, with friends, the River Life family, or even coworkers? Here is the solution for the hard way. Assumptions break relationships. Clarity builds relationships. Assumptions break relationships. Clarity builds relationships. Let's look to see what the Bible says. We will be reading in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. You can open up your Bibles, open up your Bible apps, or follow along on the screen. In Exodus 20:16, the NIV translation writes, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Now, this commandment sounds simple enough, almost elementary, but my curiosity sparks three questions. What is a false testimony? Who is my neighbor? And what is the purpose of this commandment? Let's start with false testimony. Well, a false testimony was a misleading statement intended to deceive someone. In the Hebrew Bible, the word lie, sakur, is tied to the root verb sakar, which means to lie, to deceive, or to betray. William Mounts writes, everything that is sakur is opposed to truth, and consequently opposed to God. Let me read that again. Everything that is a secure is opposed to truth and consequently opposed to God. Simply put, a false testimony are lies and deceptions. Now the next question. Who is my neighbor? Right? Is it Carrie next door? Or is it you all? Is it my family? My coworkers? In the Hebrew Bible, the, a neighbor was primarily translated as anyone around you or a friend. So, generally speaking, a neighbor can be anybody or someone more intimate and familiar like a friend. Lastly, what was the purpose of this commandment? 
Well, to my surprise, the purpose was threefold. The commandment, the ninth commandment in Exodus, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor, was given so that, one, people reflected the character of God, a God who is truthful and does not and cannot lie. The second purpose, it protected a person's reputation in court hearings or in the community. And then lastly, this ninth commandment created peace and harmony. You see, a false testimony was seen as destructive to society. And without a truthful witness, cities risk the loss of law and order, stirring chaos and the suffering of innocent lives. And in the season of a global pandemic, the crying out of voices for social justice and equity, the desire to be seen and heard, the current events of Russia's invasion in Ukraine, there is plenty of chaos and suffering of innocent lives. In the message, Exodus 20, 16, is simply, it simply says, no lies about your neighbor. However, in the Amplified Bible, it paints a more colorful picture of Exodus 20, 16. This is what the Amplified Bible says. You shall not testify falsely, that is, lie, withhold, or manipulate the truth against your neighbor, any person. You see, the source of truth is God. And the source of a lie is the devil. In my six-year-old nephew Jeremiah's words, God's villain. Pete Scazzaro says, we routinely play God when we make assumptions about another person or interpret a certain behavior without verifying the facts. If there is one thing I want you to remember today, it's this. Assumptions break relationships. Clarity builds relationships. So what does this look like for you, for me, practically? We could start it today. Here are two skills that I'm going to share, and it's from our emotionally healthy relationship curriculum. The first skill is stop mind reading. And the purpose of this skill is to clarify what another person is thinking and feeling. Wrong assumptions are the source of pain in our relationships. Therefore, clarify what another person is thinking rather than assuming that you know. The reality is when we make assumptions, we start to tell ourselves stories that aren't true. And in our minds, we believe 
this lie. The key principle to stop mind reading is never assume you know what a, people is, what a person is thinking or feeling. So here's a moment for you to reflect. Think of a specific situation when what you were thinking or feeling about someone was untrue. Or did you interpret the behavior of another person without checking it out? What did you believe incorrectly until you heard the whole truth? Here's a simple yet successful way to stop mind reading. You can refer to it on the screen. It's also in the back of your bulletin. First, you're going to ask for permission. You're going to say, may I check an assumption I have? And then you're going to wait for the other person to say yes or no. And then say, I think that you think, and then insert the assumption here, and then ask, is that correct? Or you can say, I am wondering, insert the assumption, and then ask, is that correct? All right? Now, you're probably thinking, wow, that's a little scripted. Uh, but I've actually practiced this all week, and it's been real helpful. So I'm going to practice live with Pastor Kong right now. And I'm going to check on an assumption that I have, literally using the script. Um, Pastor Kong, may I check an assumption I have? Yes. Okay. I think that you think I'm responsible for the laundry because I work from home now. Is that correct? Yes. No, just kidding. Oh, I was going to say. No, I think it's just, it could be, it's a little easier for you because you work from home. And so if you would start it or, you know, or, or get everything together so that, you know, I can help. But I don't expect you to be responsible for the laundry. Thank you, Kong. Thank you, Pastor Kong. All right. Can I try one? Yes. All right. Uh, Pang, may I check an assumption I have? Yes. Okay. I think you think that it's my responsibility to take out the trash all the time. Is that correct? That is correct. <laughs> I do expect that you take out the trash all the time. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Oh, we did not rehearse that one. So, again, this can work. This script can work for real life, every day. Shallow and deep stuff related to relationships. Pete Scazzaro writes, we need to stop reading, we need to stop mind reading because making assumptions without checking them damages relationships, families, and friendships in the churches and workplaces. 
Now, here's the second skill. The first skill was stop mind reading. The second skill is clarify expectations. Similar to stop mind reading, clarify expectations eliminates confusion, pain, and disappointment in relationships. The purpose of this skill is to recognize whether certain expectations are valid or not, and to clarify our expectations with others. The truth is expectations come from many sources, our families, cultures, TV, schools, even fairy tales, which sound, sounds simple and innocent, right? But what's the problem with many of our expectations? Oftentimes, they are unconscious, unrealistic, unspoken, and unagreed upon. Unconscious expectations. We have expectations of others we don't even know we have. And do you know when you know you have an expectation? When you've been disappointed. Expectations can also be unrealistic. We have expectations that are not reasonable. Expectations may be unspoken. We are conscious of them. They may be realistic, but they are not spoken or expressed. And then unagreed upon. We have expectations of others that they did not agree to, or others have expectations of us that we did not agree to. So here is the million dollar question. What is a valid expectation and what is an invalid expectation? Here's a simple yet successful way to clarify valid expectations. And again, you can refer to the screen or the back of your bulletin. Valid expectations are conscious. Conscious expectations. I am aware of my expectation. Realistic. That means that there is evidence to support that the expectation is reasonable. Either it has been done in the past, or the person has the capacity and willingness to do it. Spoken. I have expressed the expectation clearly. And lastly, agreed upon. The other person has agreed to the expectation by saying yes. The key principle here is an expectation is only valid when it is mutually agreed upon. The expectation is only valid when it is mutually agreed upon, which I'll have to check with Kong if he agrees on taking out the trash every time. Now keep in mind, Pete Scazzaro does identify three exceptions to expectations. And the exceptions are parent and child relationships, chores in the household. Uh, it could be employ the second is employee and employer contracts that you all have to sign. 
or marriage vows related to faithfulness. Those are the three exceptions to expectations. So take a moment to think, to reflect. Can you think of a recent and simple expectation you had that went unmet and made you angry, disappointed, or confused? For example, someone didn't return your call or your text message. Maybe you caught COVID and got sick and your friend didn't drop off a meal. Do you have your expectation? Okay, now go through this checklist with me. Were you conscious of your expectation? Were you aware you had this expectation? Realistic, is this expectation reasonable? Why or why not? Was it spoken? Have you clearly spoken the expectation or do you just think the other person should just know and agreed upon? Has the other person agreed to the expectation? Remember, expectations are only valid when they have been mutually agreed upon. Pete Scazzaro writes, clarifying expectations is about eliminating confusion, pain, and disappointment over unspoken, unrealistic, or unagreed upon expectations. Now, it's your turn to share. I have been vulnerable, invited Kong to be vulnerable, now inviting you all online and you all here to be vulnerable.